I really want to say this before I go on. I really want the Hurricane Nation, the U family, the University of Miami, everyone that's ever touched it, been a part of it, went to school here, is a fan, the community around the country. We got to bring this thing tight. Everybody. We got to bring it in tight and we got to bring it. Because when the U is on and the U brings it, there's nothing like it. And we got to get there. And it's going to take everybody. Bonjour, Canes fans. You might be wondering, why am I listening to a podcast about the Miami Hurricanes that opens up saying bonjour? Are they some uptight guys that you know think it's cool to use other languages to say hello? Is that the type of guys that I'm listening to? No. I'm saying bonjour because this is just Jimmy alone right now while Joe is in Paris enjoying himself. So it's just me today. Sit back and enjoy. It's probably a disaster because... Joe, I consider the host and kind of runs this thing a little bit better as we record our episodes, but nevertheless, bonjour. Your Canes are 3-0, a win over Bethune-Cookman 48-7, a beautiful win, execution, very, very close to my prediction for this game too. If you don't remember, 55-7 was my prediction, you know, we're one big play away, you know, maybe a Colby Young fumble in the end zone away from being 55-7. Uh, so I feel pretty good about my prediction for this week. Not very good about other predictions like lock of the week, but we won't get into that. Or we will, but I'm not proud of it. But nevertheless, 3-0. and And it feels good. We don't really get this feeling all that often as Miami Hurricanes fans. We've been 3-0. and We have. We've seen 3-0 and teams, you know, beat up on, let's say, a Southern Miss or even a Bethune-Cookman. We've seen that before. What we haven't seen is one that has a good win over Texas A&M and looks good doing it. Even if we beat Texas A&M a couple weeks ago and we looked bad, like it was maybe like last year's game that was just kind of ugly and we just scraped through a win— I wouldn't be feeling like I do right now, but I am feeling so confident about this Miami Hurricanes team going into week four, going into this quote-unquote, you know, easy schedule of games before we start hitting hard on ACC play. We look good. And if you look at other Florida teams, such as FSU, I mean, I'm never going to discount a red bandana game, but... That's not a good Boston College team, and they very well could have lost that game. And then UF, they looked good. Destroyed my lock of the week. I don't know how good Tennessee actually is. We'll just wait to see, you know, how the rest of the season unfolds for that squad. But if I'm looking at the Florida teams right now, our big three, I'm feeling real good about my Canes. And it has been a while. It has truly been a while since I have felt that. So let's get into this win over Bethune-Cookman. A game that we should always win, right? There's no question that we go into this game winning, but it's how, how do we look winning that game? Well, we look pretty darn good. TVD, 19 for 23, 247 yards, two touchdowns. Looked methodical, looked surgical out there. Gosh, he looks so much more accurate this year. 
And I think it has to do with injuries of last year. And I think we were maybe, you know, blindly hoping that, that he would be the TVD of 2021. But when you're injured like that, it's just not going to be the same. And when you have a much better OC, even though I, you know, I'll give Gaddis his credit, had a good uh, game at Maryland this week. I believe they put over 40 points on their opponent. But still, an OC that fits him better, and he's healthy, and he looks good. I know they wanted to, you know, puff up his stats a little bit for his Heisman campaign. And we did a decent job of doing that. When I knew this game was over, is when I saw TVD have two runs in the first drive. And he's probably faster than their linebackers. That's when you just know you're just outmanning your opponent. Joe is actually a little upset about this point. uh, Because he kind of wished we saved showing the run with TVD until we were playing a better opponent. I don't know if that's necessarily a great play by us. I don't know if this play works as well against a UNC or a Clemson. So I wasn't too upset by it. But when TVD is running untouched through the end zone, you know it's going to be a long day for your opponent. The crowd was rough. But what do you expect? This is Bethune-Cookman on a Thursday night. We just had a massive game that previous Saturday night. The crowd was never going to be good. But, as always, our Canes fans were loud. I'm just so tired of talking about the crowd. I, I, I'm actually going to make um, you know, a personal statement here that I will not bring up the crowd first. I'm going to wait for Joe to get back to Paris if he ever wants to bring back the crowd, unless it's good comments. But I'm never talking about bad crowds because who cares? We're winning football games. Back to the game. We ran all over these guys. And the same thing that we talked about previous weeks just this this embarrassment of riches at running back and I love it but like you know the the pessimistic side of me makes me sad to know that we cannot keep all these good running backs I I don't want us to keep all these good running backs for the sake of their careers because they need to get the burn that they deserve but the tough part is there's really not one I can pick at one point in the game I'm telling myself Don Chaney is our fate my favorite running back that we have on the team because he looked great seven carries 73 yards you know, that's average over 10 yards with a touchdown. And I'll say Don Chaney just looks, he looks different. He just, it just looks different. I don't know what his 40 time is compared to the other running backs, but the way he weaves in and out of blocks and just finds the open lane, just, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but it just looks different. But then I'll see, you know, Henry Parrish get a carry and just, do the same exact thing. Wave in and out of blocks. Has that extra motor to him. And I'm like, oh, maybe Henry Parrish is my favorite running back. Seven carries, 52 yards. Over seven-yard average. And A.J. Allen will get some burn. Gosh, he looked good too. 12 carries, 68 yards, two touchdowns. And then one name we have not seen yet this year. And boy, did he make a statement when he came into the game. Chris Johnson Jr., a name that we've been calling for, wanting to see out on the field, looked fast, bounced one run outside, and was gone. And that's a name I'm like, we just got to figure out how to keep him. True freshman. Didn't even realize this is the son of Chris Johnson. I never like to say I feel old, but I remember watching Chris Johnson for the Titans. 
and it looks like he's got his dad's speed. I'm pretty sure that's his son. I, I, I'm pretty sure someone wasn't joking with, joking with me when they were saying this, but looked so fast and so quick bouncing that ball outside. Seven carries, 40 yards, one touchdown. Long of 21, I believe that was the touchdown run. Looked really good. <coughs> Excuse me, had to sneeze. I just don't know where we go with here from the running backs. I like what we're doing. Keep, you know, letting each one get play. But I just hope, you know, that they can all stick around. But like I said, maybe they probably won't because they're all so good. And there's, it's never like I'm, like, upset when I see a running back get taken out and another one get put in. I'm just like, yeah, that's just the next running back. So great job. Running back crew, great job, TVD. And speaking of TVD, we got receivers to talk about. Xavier Restrepo, your highest-graded receiver through Week 3, according to PFF. It, that's elite status. I mean, that's, that's the whole country. And we have that man catching balls from TVD. The, the combination of TVD and X, they, I mean, they'll talk about it every single game. Roommates, right? They're friends. They know each other. They, but it's, I mean, I, we need to always make our best, rece- best receiver roommates with our QB if that's the case, because they just like understand each other. And it used to be, we used to wonder, is it this crutch for TVD to just throw it to X? I would say the same thing. But now it's just turned to X is just that good and he's open and he's going to make the play. X looked great. Six catches, 120 yards, 20 yard average, no touchdowns. Gosh, has he gotten a touchdown yet? We we got to get him some TDs. But looked incredible. He is that guy for us, I believe. Then we got Brashard Smith coming in. Three catches, 55 yards, one touchdown. Had a great move, wide open in the end zone. Colby Young, couple drops. Still had five catches for 55 yards. Not his best game. Jacoby George looked quick. Five catches, 52 yards, one touchdown. The passing game is elite. The running game is elite. When you have an offense like this, I just don't see us ever being out of a game. And that is just a great feeling to have. I am so excited by that. If I had to give this offense a grade for a week for this game, I would probably give them a I give them an A. They did what they were supposed to do. I mean, we were 35 nothing at or 34 nothing and a half. And then we took the gas off, you know, the foot off the gas brought in the backups and then we brought in Emory Williams nine for 11 102 yards the only times I was ever like eh it's not looking great is when he kind of brought in you know those second and third strings but him running with the ones those first drives looked really good zip on the ball I mean this is a true freshman too like what we can't expect a crazy amount from this guy I mean he was he was just you know walking to American history with his high school teammates last year this time you know now he's playing on a collegiate level and he looked great thrown to some elite receivers so I'm excited about Emory I'm excited no Jakari which is interesting I mean if you ask me from the eye test of last year I say we haven't seen Jakari this year but the eye test of last year and seeing Emory my personal opinion is Emory 
should be the two. I don't think they've outright said that, but I think they've kind of showed us between how this season has gone uh, and last game that they didn't play Jakari, barring that there's something else that I don't know about, that Emery's the guy. And I'm excited by that because he looks good, big, and seems like he's got a good head on his shoulder. So I'm excited about that team or about that player. Defense. Francisco Mauinoa, four total tackles, four solo, one tackle for loss. Looked great. Jaden Wayne even got some burns, some great plays. James Williams has always looked good. We were down some players, right? Cam Kinchins isn't playing. Uh, I believe Dean wasn't in the game. And then we were also out Mesidor. So some big drops, one on the safety, a couple on the line. But still, I mean, defense played incredible. It was a goose egg until the very end where we bring in probably our third strings and they made some plays. That's how it always happened. That's why I guess 55-7 for this game because it always happens. So they played great. I'm I'm excited about our defense and our offense. And I'm like, I just want to go back and say, I don't remember the last time I thought that. I don't remember the last time that I was excited about both sides of the ball for the Miami Hurricanes, but boy, does it feel good. Some highlights. Ruben Bain. I mean, you never, maybe not a highlight, but you never want a player to get hurt. But when Hurricane Bain's first play just throws the QB to the ground and he's hurt, you just got to think, man, this is man energy coming out of this true freshman. I mean, my God, I mean, you look at him, and you're, you, I can't imagine that QB is feeling confident seeing 44 on the line. Like, you got to be scared of this guy. Can you imagine once he's a sophomore, junior? I can't imagine we get four years out of him, maybe, because he loves the Canes, but how he's looking right now as a true freshman, it's elite talent. I'm thinking about the Brown brother uh, play as well, and I actually can't remember which Brown brother it was. It was the true freshman. But that hit on that running back, like everyone said, when that helmet came off, pretty sure this was in the third quarter, when that helmet came off, I thought it was the football. But it was this man's helmet, and it wasn't even helmet-to-helmet contact, and that's how you knew that this was the hardest hit that I have seen a, a true freshman put on a player in quite some time. It was number six. And I'm going to get better at knowing the Brown brothers, but just looked really, really good. My only note for the defense, we had so many offsides penalties, and they were legitimate penalties, and it was bad. And I don't really understand why. I think we were just getting so aggressive. We had these players that, you know, they saw blood. They saw red. And they're like, I'm going to be able to get, you know, my first career sack. Or I'm going to be able to, you know, just up my stats against Bethune-Cookman. I think they just got really excited. Got to limit those offsides penalties. Just a note that what we need to clean up about this team. So, I mean, I don't know how much more there is to get into this game. We we It was methodical. We won a game we should have won. Our players that have looked good have continued to look good. We got so many running backs. I just I'm excited about our freshmen. I I think that's about it. Great game. I mean, I'm I'm excited going to the temple. 
And I think we just need to continue doing what we have been doing. Looking at my notes here. Oh, Orlando Franklin was helping to commentate this game. Kane of the early 2000s. Great player. Went on to have an NFL career. I loved hearing the story, if you were watching this game, about how Mario recruited him. So I think Mario was on was the offensive line coach when, when uh, Orlando was getting recruited. And basically he told the story of that he was committed to Miami, or maybe he wasn't committed at this time, but he basically texted Mario or called Mario and said, hey, uh, I think I'm going to commit to the Gators. And he said immediately Mario basically got up wherever Mario was at that time, drove to Orlando, and helped convince him that Miami was the place he needed to be. And clearly it was. He went on to go to the NFL and have have a successful career, and that was clearly the right decision for him. But what does that show? It shows the man that we have at head coach leading this team is the man for the job. I want a man that just bleeds orange and green. That can't fathom that a a kid would decide to go anywhere else other than being a Miami Hurricane. And that's what Mario is, a relentless recruiter. And what we've seen so far on the field this year is he's learning what he needs from his coordinators at the University of Miami and how he needs to manage this team. It's just a complete flip from last year. I was just I was worried last year if he had what it took to to hire the right personnel. Well, I knew he I always know he's going to be a great recruiter, but did he have what it takes to put a great product on the field? And I know you can't expect that in year 1, and I'm honestly shocked we're seeing it this fast in year 2. So I'm thrilled. I am just thrilled right now. We're looking big, we're looking fast. We are legitimately looking like the teams that he had at Oregon just simply size and speed wise. And that's what I'm excited about. Let's talk about all of college football. Week week three, right? It was a boring array of games. It's uh, but on paper it looked boring, right? You got Alabama and USF three three at half. You got FSU on this on, on the ropes against Boston College in their horrific new uniforms with white helmets and white pants. I mean, I do not like garnet and gold whatsoever. But there is a classic aspect of that jersey, and the white is just not it. It the white looked bad. I've I've their black jerseys they've worn in the past every now and then are light years better than whatever they were rolling out with those white jerseys uh, this week. Very bad, not good. They almost lose. So you see these two top teams that are just. They're having these close games, and it, I think it's year three of NIL. I think teams are just getting closer. The parity is becoming smaller, and I do think that's great for college football, even though I've actually been a proponent that I haven't liked certain aspects of NIL. I see that the parity is bringing it closer in. Teams are not going to just roll over their schedules like they could in the past when they were illegally paying players. It, all, it happened. I'm sure Miami did it plenty of times in the past, and these SEC teams lived by it. And I think you're seeing that go away because it's all just fair game now. So I am excited about this season because I was so, I was just, I was like, ah, oh, this week's schedule looks so boring. I was actually working a wedding. So I was like, ah, oh, it's good. You know, I'm, I'm working this wedding. There's not going to be many great games. 
Now I'm checking the scores of some of these. Just the Alabama one just sent me back as growing up in Florida. I mean, you know, USF is just not a good team. They've had good teams away in the past, but as of recent, not good. And the fact that you are you have Alabama three three at half and only lose seventeen to three. I mean, that was Joe's lock of the week. What was that? I think that was like a thirty five point spread. Not even close. Really bad. So I'm a I'm excited for this college football season because honestly I, I think I just think it's fair game for anyone, and that that's that's the best thing you could want as a college football fan to know that you're gonna have a shot at any possible game. So super excited by it. What I'm not excited by is the Colorado University Colorado Colorado University Buffaloes. I'm I support Dion and I and I like what he's doing. It's fun. I like it for college football. The media is going to overdo it. That's the only thing. I go they do whatever they want to do as a football program, go ahead and do it. The media is overdoing it. And they're going to burn everyone out. They're going to make everyone not like Colorado. And that's not Dion's fault. I mean, Dion's doing just fine. Right? He just sold thousands of pairs of his sunglasses that he just released. He's going to do just fine. But the media just likes to take something and run with it. I mean, remember when the turnover chain became a thing? Everyone wanted to turn talk about the turnover chain. Anytime even just a glimpse of Miami was talked about, turnover chain, turnover chain. And it became, we liked it because it made people hate us. And we, but I think as Miami Hurricanes fans, we kind of thrive off of that. But Colorado, it's not warranted in this. They're just... They just have a head coach that has a big personality and is winning football games. Is he winning them as big as he should? And are we overhyping them a little bit? Of course we are. But he's a fun fun coach, and they're going to overdo it. So I'm not looking forward to that for the Colorado Buffaloes. But, hey, what are you going to do about that? They'll figure it out. And I don't know if you hear Joe's Cats. Do- so I'm actually recording this in New York City right now. We are cat-sitting for Joe. His cat Dobby just meows and meows and meows. And he's doing that right now as I'm recording. I'm, I'm sipping a cup of coffee, sipping on a cup, looking over this New York City skyline, pretending I'm Joe right now. And he's got it made pretty good. Uh, I'm loving this morning. I could just do this all the time, talking into a microphone, overlooking the New York City skyline. I could do without the naked cat. His name's Dobby meowing at me while I'm trying to record, but we're going to keep moving. So I don't even remember where I was at that. But, oh, I actually, I do remember where I was because this next point, this hit that was put on Travis Hunter, I get it. Maybe a little, maybe a little too aggressive. It wasn't like this man came out and just was throwing fists at Travis Hunter. Maybe he had some bad blood with that hit, but the fact that some fans are calling for him to be, like, suspended... It was a hard hit. It's and it's a shame that Travis. I think his his liver got, uh, you know, maybe lacerated by this hit. But that's not this safety's fault. Like like he came in with a hard hit, but he wasn't going to like kill this guy. But everyone's like freaking out because they're all just pro Colorado, pro Colorado, protect Colorado, and everyone's so upset about this hit. It was a football hit. 
was it a, a legal football hit? No. But it was he wasn't, you know, going for his head. He wasn't going for his knees. He went straight for the body and was looking for a hard hit. And yes, was it unnecessary roughness? Absolutely. But this man doesn't deserve to be suspended. Dirty hit, not something that this kid's career needs to be you know, put on the line for. I mean, people are just freaking out saying like he needs to sue and stuff like this. I'm like, if you guys never watched football, has has the state of Colorado never watched college football? That stuff happens. I'm pro Colorado. I, I, it's fun what they're doing, but I don't agree with that. You know, this hit was somewhere out there. I think everyone's just, you know, drinking the Kool Aid for Colorado and and just, you know, wants to jump on the bandwagon. One person says this play was dirty, and then everyone's just jumping on that play. So, that's that. And my last thing with the Colorado Buffaloes, and we're moving on because they, I'm, I'm doing exactly what the media's doing, right? I'm overdoing it. We're all talking about Colorado, but this one actually pertains to the Miami Hurricanes. I'm not a fan of seeing Michael Irvin, Warren Sapp, The Rock being the game day picker. I mean, he's he's shouted out Miami a couple times, so maybe we'll take it easy on The Rock. But I clearly remember, hey, Dobbs, hey, bud, he's trying to rub on the mic here. I clearly remember when Michael Irvin, after a big win, would make, you know, this big announcement video of the, of the Canes winning and and screaming at the camera, just being so excited, or actually, you know, better yet, being at the game. I haven't seen anything from Michael Irvin for the Miami Hurricanes, and maybe I've missed it. I tried scrolling through his Twitter, and I didn't see anything. What I did see is him making a reaction video of Colorado winning an overtime against a mediocre Colorado State team and freaking out. And I'm just confused. Like, isn't this the season you really want to back the Canes? We're putting a good product on the field, both offense and defense. And you're one of our biggest legacy Canes. I get it, Dion's your friend. Celebrate Colorado if you want. But show some love for your Canes as well. Warren Sapp, I don't know. I mean, maybe I, he's just a flaky guy. But Michael Irvin's the one that's kind of hurt me a little bit more because that's a player growing up that you just thought was the ambassador for the U. I mean, he he was, or he I, I still believe in ways he is. But he's just been radio silent about the Canes, and I'm just not, I don't know if there's something that went on, but I'm just not a, not a fan of what's happened. So that's that. I want to see more from our Canes. I'm like, if the guys, like I said, if there's ever a season to support these Canes, it should be this one, right? I'm not, I feel like I'm not crazy to actually think that. So that's that. That's the, And that's as much as we'll talk about Colorado. We're done. No more Colorado. I'm done. We're moving on. Week four. Miami plays Temple. Temple, Temple, Temple. I'm not going to do Joe's, you know, he, he, he can, when he comes back, he can do his, you know, description of Temple University. My only thoughts about Temple are this team pops up way too much as a Miami Hurricanes fan. I don't understand why, like, like this is just a random school in Pennsylvania, but we always seem to have some type of connection with them. Now it's us playing. But in the past, we've taken two head coaches from there. I'm tired of talking about Temple University as well, just like Colorado. Al Golden was a Temple University coach, and he was, you know, we don't even need to go into Al, Al Golden. And then we somehow thought it was smart to after Manny signed with Temple as his, as the head coach, then go race after him and sign him as their head coach, doing 
paying his buyout for Temple as he had just recently signed that contract. I mean, dark, dark times that we all believed in, though. We all were like, yeah, we got to go get Manny. But gosh, we went to Temple and paid his buyout after he had just signed his contract. I mean, just a brutal circumstance given how he was as the Miami Hurricanes head coach. So I just don't, I, I, I never, I have no love for Temple. I just, I'm so tired of this program and I, I never want us to look at a Temple coach ever again as any type of candidate for the University of Miami. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the second coming of Christ. Keep it away from Temple University. But let's get into the game. Temple is 2-1 and one going into this season. But they're not a great team. And this is a game where, like we have said about Bethune-Cookman, this is where you go into a game and you impose your will. And I want to see so much more from the Canes than previous years. Not so much more from this year. I want to see exactly what we have seen. I want to see execution on both sides of the ball. They don't have a great run defense. I expect us to pound the ball down their throats with their run game, open up that passing game, do what Shannon Dawson does best, and use what the defense is giving us. I expect big games from, I don't know which running back, honestly. It's, it's you know, it's gambling at this point. Roll the dice. Who's going to have the big game? Give it to them. But I expect a big game from TVD, and I want to see a sound game from our receivers. No drop passes. Let's just execute to the highest level, continue to show the nation that we are a legitimate football team, and we're going to be moving up in the rankings. They're 2-1. and one. They've beat Akron, barely. Uh, gosh, I don't even know the name of the other. It was some super small school team they routed, but they got destroyed by Rutgers. There's just no reason this should be a close game, but they happen, right? I mean, you look at Boston College with FSU. I don't want to see any of that this week. I want to see a team that's waking up for the game, doesn't need a half to get, you know, accustomed to it, and we come out hot, and we dominate them on both sides of the ball. That's my hope. Will that happen? We'll see. Will it be at Alabama USF's 3-3 at half? I hope not. Because I believe we're just a vastly superior team and we're rolling right now. But those things, those types of things happen. But I expect a big win for your Canes. And I want both sides of the ball to just be rolling and keep doing what they have been doing. We're 23 and a half point favorites at this point in time. I myself, I expect us to cover that. I would like to think this is going to be a, I'll say, 40 to 10 type of game. I expect about a 30 point differential. I, I, I would be disappointed, honestly, if we put less than 40 on Temple, given how our offense has looked, because we're just a better team through and through. We're a better team. So, big win for the Canes coming up, I hope, right? They don't. They they only have been scoring twenty four points a game. They've been allowing twenty two. It's been low scoring games, but our offense, as we've seen, is a pretty good offense. I believe we're going to put a lot of points on the board, and I expect our defense to shut them down. I mean, if they're only scoring twenty four points over those player those games that they've been playing, I mean, it's it's three games statistics, and it's not great statistics, right? Um, 
when you're talking about three games, there's going to be outliers and stuff like that. But I expect us to put a lot of points on the board and not give up a lot. Really difficult guessing there on Jimmy. I hope you're proud of me. I'd like to hear your scores. I, I'm actually going to pull Joe's up. I'm going to go to our text right now. And, I, I, and you know, I want y'all to let me know on Twitter, has this just been boring just hearing Jimmy talk for the longest time? I think it kind of is. I think that's why we do two people podcasts. But hey, this is just me talking. Like I said, sipping on a cup of coffee, overlooking Chelsea, New York, with a naked cat meowing at me. I'm sweating a little bit. I need to go get a Brooklyn bagel fairly soon. Mackenzie just got up. I'm recording right now at 8.30 in the morning, and she's stretching in front of me. And she's being great, and she's staying quiet, unlike Dobby Jones, the naked cat. So Joe has our final score. Actually, Joe has us not beating the spread, which is interesting. He has us winning 40-21. It's the same same, uh, point total I have, but he has them getting 21 on us. I don't know about that. I I mean, we haven't... We, we gave... Uh, the defense hasn't given up 21 points in a game all year. Um, and I know Texas A&M, we scored 33. But remember, we spotted them two, two touchdowns. So having them start at like the 10-yard line, both those drives. So our defense alone on full drives hasn't given up that many points. And Temple is not a dynamic offense by any point. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't agree with that. 40-21 Joe, 40-10 me. And we'll see how that goes. Dobby, this is killing me, man. I'm so sorry for hearing this. We're just going to have to put up with it. TV is going to have a big game. Running backs are going to have a big game. I hope it's just one of those games that we're just having fun. By the second quarter, we're just like enjoying watching our Canes play. All right. Moving on to week three, college football. Or week four, sorry. Week four, college football is good. Whatever week three wasn't lineup-wise, week four makes up for it. it. There are some big, big games. And I'm pulling it up right now. So your first quote-unquote, big game of week four. Nooner, Clemson, FSU, at Clemson. I believe that, and I'm talking about this game a little bit, one, because it's a rival from Miami, two, because it's ACC, and three, because it's my lock of the week. I think Clemson has been really disrespected to begin this year. If you watched that Duke game, it's the first game of the year, and they shot themselves in the foot so many times. They should have legitimately won that Duke game. They really should have. And then they have some close games from there on out, and they just get pushed back in the rankings, pushed back in the rankings. I don't think Clemson is that bad team. They didn't just wake up and become a bad football team. So I think at Clemson, not an easy place to play. That place is going to be packed. That place is going to be rocking. And FSU, it did help FSU that they just came off a sleeper game. I think they were looking ahead at Clemson, given they had a close game at Boston College. But I still believe that this Clemson team has been vastly disrespected. You got FSU favored by one and a half. I personally, gosh, I guess I'm a hate. I mean, I bet against 
the Gators last week and lost. Now I'm betting against FSU. I just think that I think that Clemson wins and then obviously covers. I just don't think that they're a bad football team. I mean, Clemson has beat FSU every year for a decent amount of time now. I can't actually remember the last time. I mean, maybe it's literally maybe been since like 2014, 2015. You know, the end of kind of like Jimbo's great reign. And so, I mean, I'm over here. I I don't know. I just I think I think Clemson's been vastly disrespected. I still think they're a heavy heavy contender in the ACC. I'm taking the Florida State Seminoles as my lock of the week. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Clemson Tigers as my lock of the week. Joe is taking Texas A&M 7.5 over Auburn. And I actually like that pick. They're giving Texas A&M 7.5. I think it's another team that's been a little disrespected because they lost to, oh, the Canes. They aren't even that good good of a football team. I still see because of Twitter how they do like the – the suggested follows, I still get posts about Texas A&M, and people are like almost embarrassed about this Miami win. And I think we're going to come to learn that that, that that loss to Miami wasn't a bad loss. Miami's a good football team, and I think Texas A&M is a decent football team. Connor Wiegman has been a great SEC quarterback, probably the best SEC quarterback this season. So I like that. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know what to expect out of Auburn, but I think Texas A&M is a good football team. I, I approve of that pick, Joe. Seven and a half, given those Texas A&M. But like I said, it's a good week college football. You got uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, big one of the week. Big test for Colorado. Uh, I did it again. I brought up Colorado. But I'm just going to say it. Oregon's playing Colorado. This is where you, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Mouth, mouth yeah, that saying's right. See, I'm, I get so jumbled up when I'm not with Joe. But basically, it's put up or shut up time for the Colorado Buffaloes. And we'll see what happens because Oregon's a good football team. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch that game and just see see what product they put on the field. So that's that, guys. Temple University, the Temple Owls. I do not like that university. They gave us Al Golden's tie and the buyout of Manny Diaz. So I want us to just... Hit him in the mouth, start, and never let them back up. Whatever Hurricane Bain did to that quarterback that first play, I want us to do that to Temple's souls. I don't want us playing around with teams like this anymore. And they haven't done that yet this year. We didn't do that with Miami of Ohio. And Miami of Ohio actually just had a pretty good win by uh, over Cincinnati. I thought that they were this horrible team. Miami of Ohio is this horrible team. You can't tell anything from that. Pretty good win over Cincinnati if you ask me. So I just want to see us do what we should do and beat up on an inferior opponent and don't even give them a chance. And then I would like to see Clemson beat FSU. But that's just the hater in me. But that's going to do it. Go Canes. I don't know how to say goodbye in French for Joe. I'm going to keep enjoying New York City over here. It's a pretty good city. Been wearing Miami gear around the city. Not gotten any comments, which is good. But I expected some Kane supporters out here, so hopefully we get a little bit more. But y'all have a great rest of your week. Enjoy this week of college football because it's going to be a good one. Go Canes. Beat the Owls. Bonjour.